Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Last Drinks Podcast. A new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hey everyone, welcome to Last Drinks. I've got this beautiful message that um, popped up on my Instagram. We are at Last Drinks Pod on Insta. Um... This message says, so one week booze free and geez, do I feel good. A lot of reflection on my life, the drinking, social pressures, relationships, my health, parenting and where I want to be. It's been interesting. Shout out to Maz at Last Drinks Pod for the inspo. Can't say I'll never drink again, but a dedicated break defs has its benefits. Love that message so much. Um, the person who wrote that message actually works in the alcohol industry. And so um, the comments are really interesting to read because that, you know, I guess some of this person's peers are saying like, what do you mean? You're not drinking. It's nearly Riesling week. But um, there's been, you know, some encouragement as well. And I think that that's a really great sort of reflection of what can happen when you decide to stop drinking. Regardless of what you do or what industry you work in, there will be some people that don't quite understand it and say like, why? Well, what's wrong? Or like, don't do that. We've got this thing coming up. And then there's other people going, that's fantastic. Take it one day at a time. Be kind to yourself. Don't be too proud to ask for help. There is a lot of help and support out there. And then somebody else, snap, I'm doing Sober October. Good for you. I feel better too. Clear ahead, that's for sure. Love hearts, you know, clapping hand emojis. So I just wanted to share that. I love hearing stories like this because for this particular person, look, it's, you know, it's not a I'm never ever again. It's just a I'm taking a break and this is feeling really good. So I'm going to keep going with this. And that's what Sober Curiosity is all about. That's what I hope that this podcast is inspiring people to do. So let's get to this week's chat with Blair Sharp, who lives in Minnesota, Minnesota. Um, in the USA. Since going alcohol-free, Blair has actually just pursued her passion for writing. She blogs on Instagram. She has her own blog on her personal website, BlairSharp.com. She's a staff writer for Rochester Mom, because she's American, Mom, M-O-M, which is a parenting resource in her local community. She's also a host of 1,000 Hours Dry Parents, which is a group that get together on Wednesdays and she does guest blogging for a whole lot of parenting and sober websites. She is fantastic, sarcastic, and we really connected in our conversation. She has gone from that drunk mum who really at the end of the day got to a place where she wasn't really able to trust herself and her drinking behaviour around her little one to completely sober and, you know, giving herself the title of a sober activist. 
She's reinvented her life since she stopped drinking and she is a real inspiration. So here's her story. This is Last Drinks with Blair Sharp from Minnesota. long overdue conversation uh and finally the stars have aligned for me to be able to ask you to tell me about your last drink yes thank you I'm glad to finally be chatting with you it's been a it's been a um quite the ride a while (laughs) the ride I don't know what it's been um yes my last so my last drink so um my last drink was on February 24th fourth or 23rd of 2018. Okay. Okay. Um, it was a Friday and I was home alone with my 18 month old son, which was sort of kind of what I did at that time. Um, I, you know, was a new mom, new ish mom. And, um, I did a lot more of my drinking at home alone, alone with, you know, with my son Um, if my husband was like out with friends, right. Um, my husband doesn't drink, so he, he, we did never drink together. He's never drank. Um, he drank like when he was younger, like in high school, but he got really sick. And so, um, he stopped drinking, doesn't have a problem with drinking. Like that's not why he doesn't drink. He just doesn't drink. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's a whole nother layer to my story. I bet. Um, but yeah, so on my last night of drinking, I was, um, I did what I normally did, which is I went to the the liquor store after work on a Friday and I got, you know, enough alcohol for the whole weekend, but I always ended up drinking all of it on Friday. Um, you know, and then I was super hungover on a Saturday into Sunday, even into Monday sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I was, I know that I had bought a couple of bottles of wine that night, um, and so I had drank both of those and then whatever else was in the house, which is pretty normal for me too, um, at that time. And, um, that night I happened to trip over the baby gate and oh. drop my wine glass on the floor, shattered my wine glass. But again, this wasn't like super out of the ordinary for me. Like I would fall a lot. I would, you know, break things. I was always losing things and things like that. So that wasn't like super weird, um, that I would have, you know, fallen and hurt myself. Um, so yeah, I, I shattered the wine glass. My husband came home and I was cleaning up the wine glass and I had cuts all over my hands and I woke up the next morning, you know, with bruises, which was also kind of normal. Um, this time it was a lot of bruises. I I'm sure I just fell. I don't really remember. Like it's foggy to me. I've told the story several times. So like, that's kind of why I remember the story. Um, but yeah, so, um, and that night he told me, I don't know if it was that night, probably the next morning he told me that I could no longer drink alone with my son in the house. Like it just wasn't safe. We didn't know what would happen. Um, and he had never told me that before. Like he had told me before things like, um, you know, if you go to a friend's house, just stay overnight at a friend's house. Right. Um, don't drive go out, just stay with friends. Yeah. Don't drive home. Don't come home really. Cause I don't want to talk to you at two o'clock in the morning, you right. know, when and you're you want to have one of the great chats at two in the morning. When you oh yes. Bottles of I wine. am just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot to say like, at two o'clock in the morning. I'm tired. <laughs> okay. I'm sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, towards the end it was a lot of that. There was a one there was a point where he even said, like, I don't want to drink I don't want you to be around me if you're drinking anymore. Oh. And I was just like, Okay. 
Like it didn't like that didn't even like dawn on me that like that's a red flag when your significant other doesn't want to even be around you, you know? Um, and so, but that last one, that last kind of rule, I guess, was, you know, it had to do with my son. And so I think that's what really like hit me the most. Oh, and yeah, um, that's, yeah. You know, so in that mom, moment, I'm a mom and like, yeah, that, like, what did you feel when your husband said that? Mm-hmm. Essentially, I can't trust you around our child if you're drinking. It's interesting because like I didn't decide in that moment that I wasn't drinking ever again. Right. I actually didn't decide that until like the following Monday at work. Um, and I can't remember if I um, was looking. I don't think I was looking for like reading about, um, you know, sobriety or anything. Um, I think I had got an email with a, a blog post like that I was getting irregularly, a newsletter kind of thing. And I read a, a blog about a mom who doesn't drink. And it was like about her going out and people like asking her about something to do with parenting. And, um, but anyway, so I realized that like, oh, there are people out there that don't drink, <laughs> you know, like there are people out there that don't necessarily like wake up every morning to drink and like mm-hmm. feel physically dependent on it. But there are people that just like socially use it. You know, I was at that point, I was just drinking on the weekends. Like I wasn't drinking every day. I wasn't waking up in the morning, you know, these quote unquote, like things we think that we have to be in order to quit drinking. It's like, no, it can just, you know, be showing up in your, in your life, like a way that's just not how you want to live. And you can decide to cut it out, you know? And so I ended up, um, like binging all of this ladies, this, she's an author, um, all of her blogs. And I went on her website and I was like listening to her on podcasts and telling her story. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's telling my story. And I, I put her name into the Facebook search bar and I sent her a Facebook message. Oh, cool. This blog writer that I just, you know, stumbled upon somehow. And I said, Hey, like I need to stop. I don't know how I just know that I need to, but like, it's such a big part of my life. What am I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do at the next party? What am I going to do next weekend when I, you know, it's Friday, what do I do? And people know me for that. And like, I'm known as like the person who always wants to go out or, you know, Sunday, fun day, whatever. And so she, she responded like right away. And, and we talked and she said, you don't have to do it anymore. Like you don't have to keep doing this like cycle being in this cycle that you've been living in for, you know, however long. Um, and here's some resources, here's books, here's blogs, podcasts. Um, so I, totally dove in and I you know I haven't drank since then that was the last time that I drank so do you know why you drank or like where did it start because I I feel like a a lot of people find themselves in that moment that you just expressed in that cycle like they're trapped in this cycle where it becomes a part of their identity they don't know how to function socially without it it's crept in it doesn't start there it starts usually quite innocently it starts somewhere else and then it evolves into this monster that you don't know how to tame so do you know why you drank yeah I think for me it's always been a socializing thing um I've never needed it to like function or anything like that um I've I've gone time without alcohol not like an extended time but like I could go a few weeks and not drink and be fine you know but it it was my fun it was like I, I thought I needed it for social events and you know um 
in, in high school, I, you know, I don't have any like traumas. I don't think I, I'm not like escaping life or anything like that. I think it's just more of a social lubricant for me mm-hmm. and it was fun. And, um, I started drinking in high school just, just because I, that's what you do in high school. Part of being a teenager, there are house yeah. parties when parents go away and yep. there's booze in the booze exactly. cupboard and it's, it's just inevitable, you know, right. it's like, that's how for a lot of people it starts it starts as innocent fun as being part of the the gang everyone else is I'm not hurting anyone and then yeah I'm just doing what everybody else is doing right right? yep in college especially is where I is where I really thrived right because college is where you that's what you do again like you really like you're on your own for the first time away from your family um, and you know, I found my people really, really quick. I, I went to college with my people and then I, we found more of our people and you know, I don't regret a lot of that stuff because I still have a lot of those friends today. Sure. Um, I do have, I feel like there's a, a little like predisposition for an alcohol problem. My dad had an alcohol problem too. So I think that in addition to the, the, um, college life and just getting into that group of people mm-hmm. and, partying and stuff like I think I, it was bound to happen um and then what I learned you know after I quit was that like some of our brains just really like alcohol <laughs> like you know some people like can just like take or leave it like I don't understand when someone's like yeah I just want a glass of wine with my you know spaghetti or whatever yeah. like my Italian food and I'm like what do you mean you want a glass um, like I'm trying to get a buzz even now I'm like I don't drink anything unless there's like caffeine in it. Like I need something. And that's just like the way my brain works. And I didn't realize that that was a thing. Like, and that blew my mind. And that kind of like helped me accept it after I quit was like, oh, so like, it's not me. It's my brain. And like, as soon as I want, you know, I get one, I want another one and I want another one. And so it was a huge binge drinker, right? Binge drinking for sure. And a lot of binge drinkers can do that and they can take a break and they can come back. And it's not as, you know, it's not like a a physically dependent thing where I'm waking up and my body needs it to function or anything like that. Interesting observation that your dad was a drinker. And because I, you know, when I have these conversations, I feel like there's so many common threads in the fabric of our stories of sobriety, but there's also really, really Mm -hmm. big differences. And you know, it, it begs the question, is it learnt behavior? And sometimes right. like it, so for some people you see your parents doing something and you're like, well, I'm never doing that. And then yeah. all of a sudden you become exactly. your parent and you're like, Oh my God. Right. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like that whole nature versus nurture, you know, like mm-hmm. is the behavior normalized because it was so prevalent in your childhood and your developmental years that alcohol was just a part of functionality. In my childhood, it wasn't really around. It was kind of a quiet thing that I didn't really like it existed, but I don't remember recognizing it around. Like he didn't drink a lot, like around my mom either. He hit it a lot. And so, you know, it became a problem and then I would know, but like, it wasn't like he was like a raging Mm. drunk who was like always drinking. It was not like that at all. Um, it was like, okay, I'm going on a fishing trip and now I'm going to, you know, drink and things like that. And so there's a lot of similarities. My mom says the way that I explain my drinking and how I would have one and one another, but I could go a week or two. Like she says, it's exactly the same as my dad. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, you so on the Monday you like deep dive into someone's sobriety yeah. resourcing, and then what happens? Do you feel like a drink that afternoon? Do you take a vow of sobriety? No, what kind, I, how does that play out? Yeah, yeah, I would say my my story is not like like the majority of people. I didn't really ever struggle with like um, the temptation of drinking like of course there were times and there are still times where you know I say oh boy like a a drink would would be nice but like I can't do that like I just know that I can't do that because I know what's going to happen if I do because it's not any different like it's this it's the same story every time so like there's no point in going back so I think very much from that day like I committed to like never drinking again and it's good to know that that's your boundary because that's yeah. why moderation doesn't work for some people because right. it's yeah. zero to hero. It's one to 100 mm-hmm. drinks, you know? And exactly. if you know that one drink means four days of losing yeah. yourself, <laughs> right? then yeah. it's not worth the risk once you've seen what sobriety can offer. And so for you with like right. a young bub and a sober husband and your impending yeah. sobriety, what's on the table? Like, what did you discover about yourself in those first sort of few weeks and months of not drinking? It was hard because like I said, the socializing with alcohol was such a big, like they were, they went hand in hand. So the hardest part for me was having these social moments. Uh, I remember going to social events. I remember going to like a, a bridal shower right where it was like a bloody mary bridal shower you know and it was like there was booze and around yeah and I thought oh my gosh like everybody's gonna know like nobody knew like nobody cared at this point I hadn't told any of my friends you know um but and luckily I have really really good friends and family that have all been very supportive no one questioned it or or you know tried to pressure me or anything like that I know that's not the case for everybody But um, yeah, the socializing was really hard. Um, I would say even like just figuring out who I was without it, I think, because it was such a big part about of who I was. And I would say that even was hard until like a year into it. Yeah. Because the first year I feel like is so much like trying to figure out how you are in the world. Like you have to go to the wedding, right? For the first time. And then you have to go to these events or you have to be really stressed out for the first time. And then what are you going to do instead of drink? Mm -hmm. And all these different moments that you have to kind of get through. And then after that year, I literally felt like, like it was like on the year day, I was like, okay, you know what? I've read all the books. I've looked at all the the podcasts or listened to the podcast, looked at the blogs and I've I've got all this information. Okay, great. Like I binged sobriety for a year, but like, who am I now? Yeah. So then it was like, what do do I like to do? Like, what do I even, what don't I like to do? Like, that's another thing. Like you realize like, wait, I actually don't like going out in public like, yeah. to a, a bar, you know I'm what I mean? I'm an introvert. So, uh, yeah. Who knew this person who used to like dance on the tables, <laughs> do karaoke. You would never find me doing karaoke now. No, no thank you. <laughs> that's so interesting because I do feel like I always liken like our relationship with alcohol is a relationship, right? Uh And so for a lot of people that would come to this podcast, your relationship is toxic uh, and you need to break up, you know, and or at least have a break. 
And so that would be sobriety. Assess. And so your first year of sobriety is like this love affair with sobriety where you're like in a honeymoon Mm -hmm. phase and you're doing all this new stuff sober with your new friend, sobriety. And so you navigate those first (laughs) weddings and bridal showers and birthdays and, and these big milestone events. And it's almost like, you're high on, I'm doing this sober. Oh my God, I'm doing this sober. Yeah, it's so exciting. It Look is. at me go. And because yeah. you're smashing it and you're feeling great. And and these are all wonderful, wonderful things. But you, there is a point mm-hmm. where you sit and look in the mirror and the shine yeah. wears off. And then what are you going to do? <laughs> You're going to f- yeah. figure out who the hell you are. And, and they are the deep, complex feelings that a lot of people me included use alcohol to mm-hmm. avoid because we don't yes. like feeling feelings because it's no, scary I still don't and and even putting language to feelings is a little bit like new and weird and so it, it you know it can kick some people in the butt months and even a year down the track mm-hmm. where it's like oh this is still hard and I don't know right. if it ever becomes easy necessarily it just becomes your new normal so the more time you spend in the seat in the relationship in the whatever you know I like I'm well out of the honeymoon phase with sobriety and you know like we're like (laughs) an old married couple now and it's just what we do right exactly (laughs) you know what I mean though like it's not yeah and you kind of like take it on as like it's almost like you take it on like um you know how I was like such a big partier and alcohol was so much a part of me you're almost like when you binge it so much in the beginning you're like okay I'm a sober person but like but like actually who are you 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 know like that's just a part of who you are just like your your career is a part of who you are and your family and things like that so it's just another part uh, you know of course unless you decide to like post on Instagram about it and, sure. and write about it and stuff like I do, then obviously I live it every day, of but um, I don't think about my own personal sobriety every day. I don't, you know, I'm not waking up like, okay, I'm going to be sober today. Cause I just know that I am. Yes. I just know that I'm alcohol free. And I'm sure your husband was relieved when, Oh yeah. You know, when you decide, cause the other thing is you can't make someone stop drinking. Like you no, can't make them. You can't, you can get and them. And you never an try. Yeah. You can give them an ultimatum. You can leave, right? You can stick it out, but it's it's yeah. ultimately up to each person. And so when you mm-hmm. finally realize, okay, this is this is out of hand. I need to. I'm gonna do this sobriety thing. I'm sure that was music to his ears. Well, you know, I told him. I think I waited about a week into it, and then I I can't keep anything, you know. So I I told him, and he was like, okay, <laughs> like you Did know, he like heard you that at before. First? He said, no, he didn't. He didn't think he, you know, it was kind of like, okay, we'll prove it. Um, you know, and, and I did, and I have been obviously. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's so much better. Like everything's just so much better. Like I, I used to pick like little fights, like to try to get the light off of me, you know, like if I did something dumb and it was because I was drinking, like, it was like, well, you did this or whatever. Now it's just like, you put the wrong bin out on bin night dummy right and we almost never never first of all I love that you say bin because <laughs> it's a universal Bluey and well <laughs> whoever have you seen bluey yes oh my god we're obsessed with yeah you. yeah they say the bin the bin. yeah so do we and my my son speaks now in fluent Australian speaks, uh, British and Australian yeah. yeah yeah right what do you say the garbage oh uh, the garbage yeah the, the garbage. garbage yeah the bin <laughs> yeah. The bin. 
It's been night. I know. Tuesday night is been yeah. night at our house. Um, Tuesday here too, yeah. It, it's like, it's, but they say that because that's a, it's a pretty common, I think, like marital yeah. debate of like, right, right. Who's putting the bin out? Did you put the right one out? And if you didn't, I'm going to drag you over hot coals about it because. We need to not talk about my drinking Yeah, exactly. Problem. We still do that, though. We still do. Yeah, but we still argue, like, those little things. Yes. But it's not, like, this blow-up thing, you know, where um, I don't have to wake up in the morning and did I, what did I say? You know, like, yeah. I don't, I, like, blacked out a lot. So, like, or browned out or whatever you want to call it. Like, I didn't remember a lot mm. of things um, that I did. But you're not trying. Like, I think, and I, I hear you when you say, you know, it's like you you try to pick those fights yeah. to justify your behavior or to get the spotlight off oh, of yeah. the bad behavior yes. and the shame that you feel and the guilt and the entrapment yep. and all of these things, right? So I totally get mm-hmm. that fighting with someone feels better than sitting with your right. feelings sometimes, you know? Exactly. But when you yeah. when you're sober and you've had space to really process some of that stuff and feel your feelings, which is what we're supposed to do, um, Mm -hmm. then you don't need to, you know, cause drama. That's what I feel too. I I feel like I'm a big personality, but when I was drinking, I could become very dramatic and I'm actually Mm -hmm. not a dramatic person. I'm actually very, very chilled out. But alcohol was like this weird thing where I became dramatic in, in so Mm -hmm. like not high maintenance, just like a bit of a dramatic human. And I think now that wasn't my true essence of my authentic self because Mm -hmm. I'm so, I feel like I'm a full blown chiller and my husband when people like hang out with us, they always say like, your husband is so chill. I'm like, I know, but like, you should have seen me 10 years ago. Like there's no way we could exist in the same, we could not coexist in the same stratosphere because he's a whole different level of chill. But I just mean the difference in me from alcohol use disorder to sobriety is this beautiful sense of chill and calm, trusting the universe, being in the process. Mm, Yes. This is contentment, intentment, like intention, intentional living. Yeah. And so when you're living with intent, you don't need to pick fights with people. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think just my comfort, I'm like so aware of like what's comfortable for me. And like, if I don't want to go to something because I don't want to go, like that's enough of a, of a reason, you know, or just like, being comfortable in the comfy clothes and like being around people that I want to be around, yeah. not like people that I think I need to be around or doing these things like that because, you know, social media, everybody's doing this. It's like, I don't, I don't care. You know, like I just have a new like view on life. Like it's just short and like so many people are just wasting it. Oh like God. I was wasting all full weekends, just laying around being hung over because I literally couldn't get off the couch, you know? So, yeah, I have so much more time and just motivation to do stuff now. It's wild. I think that's why it's called getting wasted because it's just yeah, waste wasting. Yeah, time. wasting away. Yeah. You know, it's just, it yep. sucks time out of the time space yeah. continuum. And then all of a sudden, it's a For Monday sure. again. So, what does your life look like now? 
what I mean, I know yeah. you're really active and vocal in this space and you're helping lots of people, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. So, uh, well, right when I quit, I made a private Instagram account and that's pretty common for people to make these like private Instagrams where you don't have your face, you don't have your name on there and you can post about your day count or like things you're going through. And so I had made one of those. Uh, and then at the, the, the day that I hit one year alcohol free, I, I said, I'm done doing that. Um, cause I was, it was like sobriety was like taking over my life, you know, like I needed to, I needed to just, okay, yes, I don't drink. Okay. Now what, you know? Right. And so I went for a while. And then, um, in December of 2020, I made this, um, Instagram that I have now sobriety activist. Um, and, um, actually the orange juice brand Tropicana had this, um, you remember the take a moment campaign. They had this campaign that fall, uh, about parents hiding in their in their closets drinking mimosas oh, and using yeah. Tropicana okay. orange juice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's where this sobriety activist account came from because I was like wanting to post more about stuff like that. And and you know not everybody wants to hear about sobriety all the time. Like people just in everyday your you know your personal accounts don't want to hear about that all the time. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna make another account. So I made another account, started posting there, met new people, been doing it ever since, and it's grown into what it is and you know now um gave me a lot of opportunities um I started writing a lot more about sobriety and being alcohol free and just supporting others um and I think just like the the being able to put myself out there is such a big difference Mm -hmm. and and doing things that I say that I would want to do like you can have like tons of great ideas at two in the morning but then you're not going to do them the next day. You know, like I did that so many times, like I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, now I am doing that. Like I'm, I'm writing and and creating and and making connections and putting myself out there and things like that. So, um, yeah, I go to bed a lot earlier yes. too. Oh <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in bed by like nine o'clock yeah. and I'm up at like five because my child, That's um, the new nine to yeah, five. I just, <laughs> yeah, nine, it is nine to five. Exactly. That's when we sleep get my nine to five yeah what so, so um for someone because yeah. I know you have a son what is yep. like in the in the states what's the mum wine culture like because right. yeah I actually just wrote an article about that it drives um, me mad so funny you asked it's oh yeah it drives me insane and I don't know I'm still working out how to respond to it because I try to always sure. come from a place of positivity, but it makes me angry when I see like people gifting first time mums with yeah. onesies that say like mummy wine juice and there's a bottle of right. red. It, do you know what I mean? Right. Like this this totally. wine culture that's infecting yeah. motherhood is just does my as someone who's been sober the whole time I've been a mum it really angers me and I don't like what are your thoughts on that yeah I'm the same way um it's just super cringy at this point like I I feel like I feel like it's starting to get more cringy for more people so that's good like I feel like it's going in a good direction like Mm. um and and it's not about the moms you know what I mean like we don't blame the moms it's the the society, it's the big alcohol brands that put their booze in pink wine glass, uh, wine bottles and, you know, um, call it these 
cheeky little, you know, whatever names. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but, um, or just, you know, like glasses that say like, yeah, it's not drinking alone if your kids are home and, and things like that. It's like, what do you mean? Like, that's so bad. Um, so I think it's getting better, but it's still, it's still out there. And it, and it's just the business. It's just the business side of it. People don't see that they're just being sold to totally. because they'll spend their money on it. It's you just know? another cheap plastic glass, but right. It's right. the, the messaging behind it is, it's so dangerous. And I yeah. just know, so I know there are so many moms that are struggling with this and this mm-hmm. wine culture, this mummy wine culture plays into oh but it's just normal like we have a bottle of wine together and then we pick the kids up from school and it's normal and it's like we need to change that narrative and I I don't know how to do it also I don't know where it starts but it's got to shift because there's too many mums not showing up and being their best self because they're not coping with how insane their children are (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I understand And, and that. They, they think that it's fixing their anxiety or it's fixing, oh, it's helping me sleep. Like it's actually not though. Like, you know what I mean? You're literally waking up with a headache and now you have to parent again. Like it doesn't make things go away. And it's just moms need support and not, not wine. Like, I agree. They, like, alcohol is not going to fix their problem. And I think, I think it's all fun and games until it, you're saying, yeah, you know, have a, have a glass of wine, but then what about the person that wants more than one glass of wine? Like, what about me who wants like two bottles of wine? Like some people can't do it and it's not their fault. It's, you know, it, that's just how their body is. Yeah. And I think getting that idea out there too is really important because like, it's not our fault and like, please drink responsibly. Right. Is what they say That's such bullshit. to try to get away. I know to try to get away <laughs> like, with like, but here's an addictive substance, yeah. but please drink it responsibly. Like when you're addicted to it, it is your fault now. Yeah, you know, exactly. like there's like oh this God. like line, like once you cross over that, like it's your fault. Yeah. Please drink responsibly this substance that will make you <laughs> highly irresponsible. Like, right, exactly. What the so heck? like drink this much, but not this much. That's such a good point. And you know? so maybe like maybe one of the things, and this is probably playing into the activist side of, of what, you know, you, yeah. you stand for is, you know, this, the labeling on alcohol products mm-hmm. that I think is inevitable. It happened with the cigarette industry, you know, 10, whatever right. years ago. Um, mm-hmm. We need, we need the, the, the education in place. We need, um, we need the labeling to represent what is yeah. in that bottle and the harm it can do and the cancer it can cause and the cognitive exactly. decline that you can experience. And there's mm-hmm. none of that on any advert. Like there's just zero no. accountability from big alcohol with this dangerous poison that we, right. you know, us all were all in some way functioning with. And so, right. and I, I agree with what you say, like it becomes, so it's our problem. You, you, right. you found the poison and put it in a bottle and put a pretty label on it and marketed it to me. And then I bought it and, but then it's my problem and it's my child right. not, you know, having the mum that I want to be. And so, mm-hmm. but that's all my fault. And I, I have said, um, alcohol is the problem. 
when people say like i have a problem with right. alcohol i'm like i hear you but you also need to understand that the alcohol is the problem it's the poisonous substance yes. that's a, a carcinogenic in humans like this is the problem that we need to fix somehow mm -hmm. and then once we fix all that then i feel like everyone's gonna have like an even playing field to decide whether or not they want to consume this poison in their free time or whether there's a better way to do life. Yeah. Right. And I think it is, like I said, going in a, in a good direction and you see all these like alcohol-free um, beverages and, and, you know, things coming out. Um, and I just saw something that I think like the younger generation, you know, in college age, I guess, like in early twenties, they're drinking less yeah. than they, they used to. It's not about, blacking out anymore like it was when I was you know 21 um or around that age but um which I think is good I think that's good um and I think the more we talk about it like doing podcasts like this and um and I've noticed even in like the people that I'm around like they know that I don't drink and they recognize things that I talk about they're like oh yeah I just noticed that I you know I wouldn't have thought about that if you hadn't said that mm. those kind of things um and so just being you know talking about it being open sharing what we've found and is super important to keep the keep the momentum a hundred percent and then the last thing I just wanted to ask you about is mm -hmm. how do you feel <laughs> because I remember like there was a day with that first I sort of quit drinking as a, a self-experiment and within mm -hmm. that first month I had like I had a light bulb moment where I I felt like someone switched my brain on for the first time in a very 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 long time it was like I was living in a dark room yeah. and I didn't realize this was a dark room and someone switched on the light and right. I was like I've been living in the dark so how like this is how it is like this is how it can be it was a bit matrixy yeah. I've got it was that profound for me it was like <laughs> yeah oh wow what this is the matrix right so how <laughs> how do you feel <laughs> Yeah, I honestly feel, and I've said this, I will say this forever, like, I just feel like I've found the secret to, like, my life, like, 100%. And, like, I don't push being alcohol-free on anyone. Like, my my friends drink. Like, we're around people that drink. Like, I'm fine with being around that. Um, I'll probably leave and go to bed at 9. Like, I'm not staying. Nothing nothing good happens after, like, 9 o'clock. Anyways, like, I'm not going to miss anything. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just feel like I found like the secret, like that was like the number one thing that like just removing the alcohol, it's like, whoa, this whole world opened up and I would never be doing the stuff that I'm doing now. Um, I wouldn't be doing half the things that I'm doing now if I hadn't quit drinking. I and I feel that. like, but here's the deal. It didn't fix everything either. Like I still like wake up and I'm, I have, you know, pains, right? Because... <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't, you know, exercise and like, I don't eat really well. So like, it's not like, I'm, like my, you're getting older. But yeah. Like, yeah. Right, right. I didn't want to say that, you know, but, uh, <laughs> we're all heading in one direction with age and it's, yeah, right. That's zero, true. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm dealing, I deal with stuff still. Like I have bad days and I get overwhelmed and I, I feel anxious sometimes. And like, I have those things, got a lot going on, but, um, I can't imagine drinking right now and like being woke up, woken up at five o'clock by a, a six-year-old who wants to play immediately, like, yeah. and being hung over, like, no, like I got real bad hangovers usually. And, and I can't imagine. So I feel much better. For someone who is like, Oh, I think I'm going to try this sobriety thing, but yeah, you know, nervous, not really sure. Um, because like you said, it doesn't fix everything. It doesn't stop life throwing you mm -hmm. curveballs. 
do you have a way of dealing with a bad day where where you used to possibly go and have a bottle of wine to deal with a bad day? Sure. Is there something in place mm-hmm. now that you've almost replaced that habit with or your go-to? Um, so I like chocolate. <laughs> don't we all? I mean, who doesn't? Um, I don't. Yeah, right. I'm not like a huge like mocktail, non-alcoholic drink person, like just because like it doesn't really do anything for me. Like I do like some of the ones that have CBD or like adaptogens in them. So I like those, like those calming ones. But honestly, like I just sometimes just going to bed really early and just starting new the next day um, helps and just like distracting myself with something else that's not related to like my bad day or mm. um you know, taking a shower before bed, just like those little things that like you, I think we think that has to be like this big thing too, like this big ordeal, but it's like, no, just like these little things were like, you know, I also recognize that I didn't drink a lot of water today and like, I'm tired too. So like that added to it. And so just like trying to make sure that those things are being taken care of too. Um, but I usually just like go vent to my husband and, and just maybe try to play with my son and not worry about anything else yeah. or just like distract myself is a good way to do it. Um, but yeah, definitely like sweets. Like I eat sweets so much more now. Right. And like, I just said to somebody else, like, um, you know, cause people struggle with that too. Like they quit drinking and then all they want is a Sugar. chocolate cake. So yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And which is fine to like a limit until it's your, until, until you hit your limit. I just haven't, I haven't hit that yet. Yeah. Um, and I just say like, sweets aren't ruining my life yet. So like, I'll keep right. them around. Well, this is you what know? I say. I'll have a, you know, cookies. Cause I, I, I get frustrated with people who are like, well, everybody needs advice. I'm like, well, you actually don't. But in saying that, if you, <laughs> I, I just don't believe that everyone needs advice. This is my personal opinion. Yeah. But yeah, if you stop drinking and you start eating sweets, sweets don't make you black out. Right. If you have True. three ice creams in an afternoon, you don't forget your behavior and do crazy right. things. If you have right. a handful of boiled lollies and you get pulled over by the cops driving your car, <laughs> nothing, there will be no consequences because right. you haven't broken any right. laws. And so as right. much as people are like, I don't want to have another vice, it's like, mate, if you have to eat a chocolate bar to stop yourself from drinking a right. bottle of wine, take the chocolate girlfriend, eat exactly. it in bed and let That's it melt on say. your pillow, do whatever it is you need to do <laughs> to not drink alcohol. Do that yes. thing until right. not drinking alcohol is really easy for you. And it, it does at some point exactly. it switches into ease where you don't think about it, yes. you don't obsess over it. I go to a bar. I forget there are alcoholic drinks. I'm like, just get me a water. I don't do non-alc. I've, right. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I don't do any of that me stuff. Either. I just, Same. it's that or a kombucha or get me a green tea and I'm going home to bed. Exactly. Yep. I 100% agree with that. I love it. Quick parenting question. Ooh, okay. Um, my son's <laughs> three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving you a second to take that in, like transporting you back three years of your life. (laughs) And we do at dinner time, we do, we used to say grace, but like we're not really religious Christians or anything, but now we do like, what are you grateful for? And so we go around the table and we say like, can you say one thing that you're grateful for today? And Henry, my three and a half year old last night looked at me and he goes, poo. 
Is that normal? Yeah, that doesn't stop. That's, yes. Yes, we are now changing words to songs into poop and pee. I was like, so, and he has, and I'm proud of you for actually sitting at the table for dinner because we don't even do that. Okay. Half so the that, time because that is with a three-year-old it's hit that's and great. miss. There's yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's not the whole dinner. Take what you can get, you and know, you take what you can yeah. get. But I just thought I'd, uh, because it's the poo thing is frustrating. <laughs> The oh my god, it never ends. It doesn't. <laughs> but he's a boy. And, and I'm like, I'm like, just not in, yeah, boys. Um, boys. not I just like say, you know, like we can say that at home and it's funny, but like not in public. Oh, well, like, this let's is... not say that. And, and then so, like, even little know. things like and because of course it's impossible not to laugh because he's so well, damn right. cute and it is kind yeah. of funny. And so that's you know, yeah. on me for encouraging it. But then now it's turned into like, <laughs> it's okay. I'm like, do you want me to come upstairs and read you a story, buddy? He's like, yes, poo. And I'm like, okay, we don't call mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Funny. Hilarious. That's really funny. But yeah, that is not it. And I'm, I'm again, like three years out from you and that's, we're very much in, in the poo stage. Let's still. keep in touch so. so I can see what my future holds. For sure. Okay. Amazing. For sure. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> I'm so glad we finally got this chat. I mean, look, we were doing time I know, differences and personal dramas. Exactly. So. Yes. But you know, it happens and we made it happen. Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.